Welcome to another edition of Civic Cipher. I am your host, Ramses Ja. And for those of you who've been following along with the show, um, that have been keeping up with the promotions and so forth, you'll know that today is a very big day for us here on Civic Cipher. Um, as you know, uh, the show exists to give a voice to the community. A lot of times, especially in black and brown communities, there are conversations that really don't make their way to public platforms for public consumption. And uh, that's exactly what we're trying to challenge and change with Civic Cipher. And I think that the issue that we're discussing today and the person with whom we're discussing the issue are particularly significant because there is a special relationship with today's topic voting and black people black people obviously were not always given the right to vote um that was something that black folks had to work for and you know a lot of times there's a lot of hopelessness in black communities especially poor black communities so a lot of folks don't really feel the connection between their vote and their immediate lifestyle or you know their immediate surroundings so today what we're going to do is discuss how real the connection between those two is and the person that we have with us today is dr camilla westenberg now i do think it's very important obviously many many people know who you are um you've worked in with the NAACP. you you you've worked for black people and all and, and and all people of course um as an educator but you've worked especially for black people especially in arizona for many years decades i happen to be around for a couple of those <laughs> so i know i know full well but i think that for the people who may not know who you are especially we'll, we'll call them allies who maybe are not black but they're listening to today's show they may not know who you are so i think it's very important for us to establish who you are and i think that that will help us really give some gravity to today's message so we'll start how I know you. Um, you are a professor emeritus of Phoenix College in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and how long did you teach there? Approximately 30 years. Okay. I think that that perspective is, is very important to have. The, the perspective of a teacher and educator and someone who has interacted with young people for you know her career, um, the majority of her career. But on top of that, you are also the, uh, I want to say second, but you know, okay, yeah, go ahead. Because we have several branches, fortunately, here in Arizona. Okay. But I'm the second vice president for the Maricopa County branch of the NAACP, and my focus is political action. Okay, very good. Um, and I know that you have a long-standing relationship with the AKAs, so uh, you became an AKA yourself um, and continue to work with the AKAs as a high-ranking uh, member, contributor, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't explain it as well as you. What I'll say, given that we're going down this road, let okay. me do all my shout-outs Go ahead. Now, that, that's, that's what I want. And then I'll come back to being just me. Okay, very good. Because I'm not representing any of the organizations. Oh, yeah. That, you're here for uh, you. Absolutely. I'm here for me, okay. representing Camilla Westenberg. 
But yes, uh, I am a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, the Delta Beta Omega chapter. I am also a member of the Phoenix chapter of Top Ladies of Distinction and a member of the Phoenix chapter of the Lynx Incorporated. Okay. So, um, a well-qualified person to speak on the issues that we're dealing with uh, today or the topic that we're discussing today. So, uh, with that said, um, oh, and there's another thing that I wanted to mention. Uh, I understand that there's a relationship that you have or, or a familiarity you have with one of the founders of Black Lives Matter. Is that true? That's true. Okay, very good. That's true. I, I'd sort of like to keep her incognito because things are so treacherous out there in the world right now as things have unfolded. Indeed. And I just want to assure the safekeeping of, uh, of everyone. But yes, I, I do know one of the three founders. Absolutely. So I think that's important as well because I do want to establish that you are a member of the community, but you're also a very strong supporter and champion of issues that relate to the black community. Um, so that as we discuss what's, what's about, what we're about to discuss, we know exactly who we're speaking to and and the the, the history that um exists here and so it's not someone who again if an ally is just tuning in right now doesn't know who we're dealing with there's there's a lot of um gravity here so with that said uh you know today i read an article um and it said uh trump supporters disrupt early voting in virginia read through the article and you know they were out with their their flags um and while they obviously they could not prevent people from voting uh the idea was to um at least to the people that were reporting on the article um they took it to suggest their behavior to suggest that they were trying to intimidate the people that were going in to vote um and I, I just want to know what are your thoughts on that or things like that that you've seen happen? I think there's definitely an element of that, uh, which is unfortunate. The United States of America, <clears throat> I myself, whatever I see oversized flags uh, in front of homes or on trucks, give me reason to stop and think. Um, it uh, suggests that there is a disposition of that person. I know from where that person is coming, typically, if you are sporting an American flag right. uh, today. And um, I, I do think that there is an element of individuals who are there who uh, do try to intimidate, but the voter suppression has always existed. Um, the fact that my family, my mother and my father and my aunts had to pay a poll tax to vote. African Americans right. had to pay a poll tax was a voter suppression. And that was not the case for individuals in my community who were not African-American. And of course, everyone could not afford to pay a poll tax. So it does carry over today. Uh, the um, 
it has been sanctioned from the White House again. Remember, this is Camilla Westinger today. And first, let me say thank you for the privilege to have the opportunity to speak to the public. Because I cannot get out there at this age with COVID-19 at 72. But I do want to talk especially to young people. 18 through 30, 40, that age, who don't have a sensibility of what is really at risk. I am fearful. I am fearful for them. I am fearful for my granddaughter. I am fearful for senior citizens. I am fearful for humanity. Because What I see occurring now has taken all of the humanity, humanitarian essence out of the world as we know it. And we're not functioning and interacting with each other as human beings. And so we're taking sides. And when you have a president who says, beat him up. Or if you're arresting someone, take them, just throw them into the, in, in, into the car and just don't, don't make sure that they are secure. Or you do it and I'll bail you out. And when you have someone who is bailing out at the highest level, individuals who have gone against and have had infractions that do not align with the Constitution of the United States and some of the basic things that if a simple person were to do it, they would not be supported. When you have that happening, it's a strange thing that's going on right now. There's a lot of turmoil. You have the right, you have the left, you have alternative facts which can be documented as not being true and so it's it's very very troubling and what my mission is at this point we just lost someone on the Supreme Court and she had a dying wish and it is not even being acknowledged It's not being acknowledged. How inhumane is that? All because you want power and money. And I can talk about the money part of it too. But certainly the power is there. What I want is for young people, young adults, to understand what is going on. And I want to applaud them for what they are doing. They have seen the inhumanity, especially toward black men, black women. The fact that we have social media now and a way to capture it, the world has begun to see what's taking place. But it has been hidden. I grew up in the South in Arkansas, right on the Mississippi River. Right on the other side was Mississippi. 
So I know very well what the possibilities are. Young people today may not have everything that they want. They may not have everything. None of us have everything that we want, but I know that some of them may certainly have a sizable degree less than what they want. But they have to understand what has occurred in the past and where it can go in the future. And I don't think they're prepared for it. Well, um... And I don't I, know that I answered your question. Do I well, believe no, no, in no. suppression? But it is. It is. Yeah, it absolutely. is to intimidate. Well, the... the uh I, you know, just myself, I, you know, um, recently I did some, some road tripping and uh, I spent a, a good amount of time in middle America because there's a huge amount of it. And, you know, I saw a lot of those Trump flags and, uh, you know, even on the West Coast and, you know, on the East Coast up north, um, you know, you see the American flag. And a lot of times, you know, a question that I would ask myself is like, who are you? Why are you showing that flag here? You know, that'd be like if I wore a, a, a T-shirt around my own mm -hmm. house that's had my mm -hmm. address on it. You know, who am I showing it to? You understand? So I think that a lot of folks don't realize or maybe they do realize and they're doing it on purpose. But it, it can be a very divisive symbol mm -hmm. because I think that most of the people that wave that flag, with the exception of like military folks and, you know, uh, municipal buildings and things like that, um, it's meant to suggest this is our country. And Precisely. who they're trying to show that to mm -hmm. is people who are they don't consider to be them. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the very least, that's how it comes comes across. And so it's it's strange to see people with American flags even um, waving them and the the subtle intimidation that perhaps they know that they're, you know, uh, uh putting out into the world or maybe it's it's a little bit more overt because as soon as that's accompanied by a Trump flag, one of the ones out in in uh in uh, virginia then it's it's a decidedly more um adversarial position it, it's almost like maga versus blm um at a lot of these places and so um yeah i i would definitely at least for me i kind of view it as voter suppression um or a tactic or in voter intimidation because we can certainly talk about voter mm -hmm. suppression and, and i think we will but um, may I say something? Yeah, absolutely. Every, every group has its own way of demonstrating who you are. Okay. Um, I, I, I mean, you have the Black Power Movement, sure. you know, you have, peace, you have all, all kinds of symbols. The flag, the American flag actually belongs to all of us yeah, yeah. as Americans. Uh, by that particular cohort, there may be um, the, the disdain or an individual who will burn the flag. And I don't think anyone should burn the flag. I understand being uh, upset about that. It, sure. it, it, I, I, there are symbols in this country, and I think we should be respectful of that. But uh, by the same token, I don't think it means that you should take a whole population of people and, and oppose a whole population of people Especially if you were to understand the journey that they have taken sure. and the road that they have trod up until this point, which is distinctly uh, different. I mean, there is a thing as white privilege. It does exist. And uh, if you're there, you may not 
see it on the other side. Um, but part of the reason there, there is this fear. There is this real fear of minorities, uh, Hispanics, uh, China right now. Look at what, yeah, I was just listening the day. Young people who are from China, immigrants that they are being attacked because of uh, COVID-19. You have to understand that, or people need to understand that we are all people. And you really need, individuals need to, to stop yeah. where they are. They need to stop it because we are not demonstrating the better part of humanity. I, I honestly I um I I recognize that and I think that there's the majority of people's impulse if I had to guess of course I this is not something that you can really pull or you know have a scientific approach to but the majority of people I have to believe um are fundamentally good people and recognize that there's more that connects us than separates us um and as a result I think that you know, there are some people who have been conditioned to just be adversarial. Anything that you say, they're going to say the opposite. That's just kind of in their nature. Or they question, you know, everything and they are extra critical. And then there's other people whose impulse is to perhaps lead with love. They, they come to the table first with understanding and so forth. Now, um, because I believe that most people have to feel that way on some level, we've survived this long as a species. Um, it begs the question, why are the people, why are those who are in power at present, how do they get that power without getting the majority of people to um, subscribe to those philosophies? What do you think? Well, it's, it's a system for one thing. We have sure. the president right now because of the electoral college. Absolutely. He did not get the popular vote. Of course. So it is the design of our system. And then... Um, as we have gone through these four years, we have discovered that there are some loopholes in the system. Yeah. And if so, if you don't have a person sitting on that pedestal who is on the up and up, and you bring in an attorney uh, who <laughs> is not on the up and up, and you look at um, uh, a Senate that is of the same uh, political persuasion, then there's a lot of power there. There's a lot of power in Washington, D.C. Uh, that affects us in an adversarial way. And many of the, the things and the reasons that people are tilting in one direction or the other direction, it's because of immigration. It's because of freedom of speech. It's because of freedom of religion. It's because of abortion. It's because of LBGT. It's all of those things that they, in some instances, oppose and say, I'm just, I disagree with it. It should not be a part of this country. And so that's why I'm on this side of the fence. Um... I, I understand how a person can take a position toward abortion. I, I have thought about that. And I, I, you know, it occurred to me, if you don't want to take a child in its embryonic state, why do you not want to save a 
senior in his or her fading days on this earth. A life is a life is a life is a life. Sure. And so I understand your position and I agree. The, 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 the people's voice will have to be heard on that. And you have a lot of religious concepts about that. But then I look at COVID-19 that impacts certainly senior citizens and you have a president that says it is what it is. There's a very cavalier attitude toward that. How? How? It doesn't compute. Well, um, I think that, you know, since we're talking about voting today and, and about a president, um, we are going to need to discuss how to change that. Um, and if you're just if you're just tuning in to Civic Cipher, uh, today's guest is Dr. Camilla Westenberg, a professor emeritus from Phoenix College. Um, and you, you mentioned earlier some of the voter suppression tactics uh, that you were made aware of uh, growing up in Arkansas. Um, one of them was a poll tax. One that I'm familiar with uh, is a, I, I guess it would be a poll test mm-hmm. with like yes. impossible questions. Exactly. And, and I, my, my understanding of at least the stories that I've read about this is that there would be a test given to black folks and a test given to white folks. And the white folks is what's two plus two. The black folks is you know, um, calculate the trajectory of a rocket, Mm -hmm. you know, that leaves or, you know, like that sort of stuff. So um, a very unfair and and it was blatant, overt uh, voter suppression. Um, But there are some things that we're seeing today that are perhaps not as blatant, perhaps not as overt. Um, I I can think of one at least, uh, which is this um, male, like male, fraud voter the suggestion rather that Mm -hmm. mail-in ballots are going to be invalid or unsecured or something like that and then um, I think there's another one that says that uh, early voting doesn't count or something like that you know so what are your thoughts on on these uh, more modern voter suppression tactics and how can people be mindful of them mail-in ballots work okay okay um I receive my ballot early. Sure. Um, up until recently, I would have thought that it would have been okay to put it in the mail. I just tend to like to walk in and deposit it in the slot. At I don't have to stand in line. It's already filled out. It's signed, dated, sealed. So I just walk in and put it in. There's something about making this statement of doing what I need to do and engaging in the process. Um, There are a couple of things. Um, The postal system has been compromised. Okay. Uh, Who would have thought that our president, the president, would dare have taken down the individual who is in charge of overseeing the U.S. postal system, come rain, come snow, come sleet, who would have thought this historical institution in our country would take down an individual 
who is skilled in the field and put a person who has been a billion dollar contributor to your campaign who has no information about the industry, who does not even know the cost of a stamp, who walks in and does not do any type of research within a couple of days, decides, I'm going to have trucks go and take up all of the mailboxes in select places around the country and remove them, which is an inconvenience. Who is taking sorters out of post offices. And of course, these are devices, very expensive devices that can go through and sort them quickly for the mail to go where it needs to go. To take them out, dismantle them, and sell them for scrap. For reducing the hours for your post deliverers to deliver mail and to say you cannot do a second run and have not done any research to understand how it is going to impact the country, how it is going to impact medicine, getting to seniors or to veterans or for people to get their bills in time, to pay their bills in time. That is voter suppression. When you uproot an institution, then of course everyone's going to be leery about the ballot. And you have set the stage for that. Um, this president is gifted in causing disruptions. He is a disruptor. And mind you, while all of the disruption is going on, I listen to the news 24-7. He's signing executive orders. He's appointing judges and undermining the system that we have today. Unbeknownst, and I want to say this, unbeknownst in some instances to young people, and I don't want to just hit on young people because there are some people my age who are not voting either. But unbeknownst to all of those particulars, while they are marching and protesting rightfully, they have the right to do that peacefully. And there is no reason for an army or people in military garb with all of this gear that I don't even understand myself to stand there in front of them because they are peacefully protesting. That is their right. Real My quick, concern. Real, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 no. I want them to march. I, I have to get this in. Sure, right. sure. No, I, I no, want them to march. Sure. I want them to protest. I won't use the word riot. I don't want to say that. I want them to march and protest to the polls. I want them not to gather together in the evening and decide what are we going to do over the weekend. I want them, if they do it, gather together and register to vote 
and get up in the morning in daylight on a new day. On a new day with that ballot. And I would like to see all of them line up. In mass. In mass. Yeah. In mass. And walk in. Now, I know we're supposed to be social distancing, but I'm leery of the post office. But you can go online and find out where the polling locations are, the hours, how long the wait is, and just go. Bam. Let me say this. Bam. I want to. And I'm just put it in. One after. Do it. Do it. You have the power. You have the power. People have fought to give you the power. It's in your hands. It really is. And even if you don't believe in the system, I would dare say, trust your grandmother, your grandfather. Trust some of those seniors. Trust those elders. Give it a try. He said that. Hmm. He said that. What do you have to lose? Well, hey, we're here. Actually, quite a bit. Yeah. Think about it. What we have to lose is I can't breathe. There you go. Um, so, how about this? Mm-hmm. To uh, so I, I was watching a, a video the other day, mm-hmm. and um, the first part of the video, uh, there's a, a guy, and he's he's basically explaining why he's never voted. Some mm-hmm. of his excuses for never voting are some of the ones that we touched on earlier mm-hmm. in the conversation. Um, you know, no matter what I do, no matter who I vote for, neither one of these people have been in my neighborhood. They don't gotcha. know me. I feel very divorced from the whole entire political process. I, I would not take the time off from working to make actual money that does, you know, fortify my life against all of the perils that I could potentially encounter to, to engage in a political system that has forgotten me almost entirely um what would you say to the person who has that mindset with respect to voting well my age probably has something to do with thinking um or elaborating on how the system has forgotten you because it has and it hasn't tell them talk to them I grew up, yeah, I'm going to go back there. Please. <laughs> I grew, back, grew up in an environment, in a segregated environment, where all of my education was in a black school system. And I attended a historically black college. I'm going to do a shout out, Arkansas am and College. Let them know. Okay, now the <laughs> University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. I could not drink from a wild fountain. I could not eat at a restaurant. I could not use a bathroom. I remember my mother, when we would travel, she'd like a little training pot, she would take that. So we would have some degree of feeling like we were human beings when we were traveling because we could not stop and use a restroom. We could not get a hotel room. I couldn't try on hats. I couldn't try on shoes. All of those restrictions were placed on me. When my grandmother and grandfather went to the doctor, they went to the back to a separate colored waiting room and you waited and waited. And at one point when it was the whites were further down and you had 
blacks, you could see the whites going and coming out and going and coming out. There was a separate floor on the, on the, on the, uh, at the hospital. The black doctor could not practice at the hospital. So you had to go to a white doctor at that point. Uh, if you went to the movie, you had to sit up in the balcony. If you rode on the bus, you had to sit at the back. And if, you, if a white person came on, you had to get up and relinquish your seats. That's the way it was. In your life. Right now. I, 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 you can drink from a water fountain. You can eat at a restaurant. You can use a bathroom. You can get a hotel room. There are so many things. It's not all right. Don't get it twisted. I am not saying that we are where we need to be. But there were steps taken. I was a sophomore in college when Dr. King was killed. So I was there when the Panthers were that, when SNCC was involved. I, I, want, I want to make sure, I want to make sure people know that these things happen to you in your lifetime. In my lifetime. And the other thing that amazes me, Ramses, is this. What's that? And I know time is important. There are people who are my age who are wearing sheets. They're out there right now. 72 years old. And they were wearing sheets. Now they've taken the sheets off now. Got badges now. <laughs> they've got badges now. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. They've taken the sheets off. So they're there. The counterparts are there. And just as I brought up my daughter, they're bringing up their children. So when you say you've been forgotten, yes, there is so much that needs to be done. But I would say that the fact that you are where you are is because there were individuals who functioned within the system to make it work. And you're going to have to pick up the mantle and function within the system to make sure you put people there to make it work the way it should work. Or you can even go into the system yourself. How about that? Speaking of which, how about that? Talk about uh, the importance of voting in, in local elections. Well, all of the decisions that are made by the judges about uh, the prison system, uh, about uh, transportation, about the school system, all of those decisions, not just judges, but commissioners, your governor, all of those decisions are made at the local level. They're not appointed positions. You go in and you vote. You go in, you vote. Now, I'll just say, I have historically, as an African-American, been Democrat, and I tend to vote down ticket. I, I, I tend to, for the most part, vote down ticket. But you, you need to do your research. Don't be intimidated by the process. Just don't be intimidated by the process. I would dare say if, if you want to if, if you want to put uh, if you want to go through the process and, and get a, a zoom together where we can work through it 
I'd love to do it. I'd love to do it. I'm, I'm doing voter registration right now with 18 through 30-year-olds who are unregistered voters. Uh, I'm going to move into mobilization as soon as October the 5th. By the way, October the 5th is the last opportunity that you have to register to vote online. And I would say do it pronto. You use the devices for everything else, take it out and register to vote. Even if you're not sure right now that you're going to vote, just do it anyway. October 5th is the last date to do it online. And I said do it online because we know the U.S. postal system has been compromised. So you want to get that request in early. You can get a one-time only early ballot. You can get an absentee ballot. Or you can get a pebble, which is a permanent early ballot, which means that ballot from now on, all of your ballots in the future will be mailed to you. They will come to your home. And, and that's what I have. All of my ballots come to my home. Same. Yeah. And you can just take it and drop it in. You can put it in the mail if you decide to do that. Oh, vote. I wanted to... Um, Register. I, wa- I wanted to talk about uh, something that I think is kind of interesting. Um, you mentioned how uh, Trump appointed um, basically one of his campaign contributor mm-hmm. one of his buddies to uh, run the u.s postal system um but as a as a teacher i know that this one also resonated with you when he appointed um someone who was not a teacher not a principal never a principal mm. never sent her children to mm-hmm. a public school uh mm. as the I forget the title of the position, but basically she's the person in charge of secretary of education. That's it. Um, so I think it's important to recognize that we've seen this tactic used um, before where you just kind of put someone in who's not qualified, but who will basically, you know, support his interests. That's precisely um, it. And mm-hmm. um, in this case, you know, that's not unusual for politicians to do but in, in this case it really comes at at the detriment of a lot of people even people who vote for him or people who wave those flags around Anything. and um are largely unaware of the implications of his dis- they've elected mm-hmm. him but they're aware of the implications of the decisions that he makes um, and then now we're, we're seeing that on this end when it comes to the voting process. I've always voted by mail and it's never been a question until recently. Um, you know, the ballot comes to my house, mm-hmm. fill it out. It's a good it system. Yeah, it works great. You know, it's the United States Postal Unless System. Unless you decide to change it or, or mm-hmm. shift the optics mm-hmm. or, you know, shift the narrative entirely. Mm-hmm. Or support, take it away. <laughs> or, yeah, just completely, you know. That's um, what he did. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I do want to talk about um, your initiative to get people registered to vote. Um, I, I want to leave them with that. Um, but I also wanted to make sure that we discussed um, what it means to uh, the, the voter suppression, but also what it means to or what gerrymandering means, because that's another tactic that's often used um, to sway votes in one direction or another. Now, 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 before you before you jump in, I recognize that there 
is a lot more engagement for people who feel uh, Republicans, mm-hmm. just say it. Um, Republicans engage at a much higher rate than those with a democratic belief system. Um, this is actually a poll that's been taken many times, and the, the truth is that more people in this country, humans on the ground level, mm-hmm. um, subscribe to a democratic esque philosophy in their personal lives. Um, but those people don't engage in the, in the process. They don't engage in what I now consider to be all of our civic duty. Mm-hmm. Once upon a time, it was just a cool thing to say to my friends. Now I recognize that, oh, this is very important and mm-hmm. I need to bring someone with me. Um, and uh, gerrymandering has been used as a tool or a tactic uh, to support, you know, the... the the I, I guess to I, I don't want to I don't I want you to explain what it is and how it works but it's been used to support a lot of um, Republican candidates or get otherwise get them elected um, in your view how can we well, first off what is gerrymandering I, I left it out so you to can make explain. it top heavy and then how can we uh, um, deal with uh, gerrymandering well it really is dictated by who you have at the helm okay uh, if you have you, you need to first I love the title of your your show civic cipher because I think that's part of the problem too you don't have civics any longer it isn't taught any longer so we have a whole population of individuals don't understand how the system functions and they don't understand that there should be a checks and balance that takes place within the system sure and um so what what you have is a cohort of individuals that is pulling individuals and making it lopsided the the voting power be lopsided in one direction you know if you if right now how many things have you had to go through the house and then it gets to the senate and bam it stops they don't even consider it they don't even call a vote mcconnell does not even call a vote they just sit on it there's and and the, and i think that the way that this happens well just to kind of to bring those up to speed who might not know because it's a word that gets mm-hmm. used a lot but if you never took civics 101 mm-hmm. you might not be familiar with it but gerrymandering is is basically drawing or redrawing voter districts mm-hmm. to favor one mm-hmm. political ideology mm-hmm. or one candidate so let's say in a city you have a majority democratic mm-hmm. voters you mm-hmm. can split up the cities into voting districts where a republican candidate will win in a landslide mm-hmm. you know you it just depends on how you, how you draw the mm-hmm. districts and now that there's the population is so much larger you know um there's algorithms that kind of help out um, and that's why you have the senate the way it is right now exactly exactly that, that is why it so is. one of mm-hmm. one of the thoughts that i had mm-hmm. about how to offset this tactic Mm -hmm. 
um, is an overwhelming, and I think you'll like this, an overwhelming display of support, an overwhelming display of humanity. Because if, if these numbers are to be believed and most people have a democratic or sorry, um, yeah, a democratic-esque philosophy mm-hmm. in their personal lives, for those people who have never been or, you know, don't really see a connection mm-hmm. with the civil, the engaging in, in their civic duty and their, their immediate lives, if they were to just take the chance and engage, we might see a lot of the power come back to the people and the wishes of the people be fulfilled and a lot less complaining because everyone is involved. Um, even though these systems exist, they can't beat everyone. They only can beat someone who is where it's approximately equal. Um, and so as a result, we're able to get some Democratic uh, elected officials, some Republican elected officials. But I think that that's largely due to the fact that Democratic folks don't engage in the process to the degree that, that Republicans. And the census has a lot to do with that. And I was going to talk about the census. The census has a lot we to work do together with that. On the yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because uh, that dictates where the money and the resources go. Okay. And so if you're saying you're not receiving something, uh, that, that's those lines too. If you don't put yourself in there, then you're not going to receive. You're not going to get the appropriate amount of money, whether it's for a hospital that you want in, in your community, for education in your community, for roads in the community. Uh, all, all of those resources that you're going to need, you're not going to get the funding because you're not appearing there. And that has been cut short by a month, I understand. Uh, that uh, the date, the last date for the census has been, unless that has changed, it has been shortened. And there's rhyme and reason as to why. So, um, if you're just tuning in, once again, uh, our guest today on Civic Cipher is Dr. Camilla Westenberg, a pr- professor emeritus of Phoenix College. Uh, we're discussing voting, the importance of voting, some of the tactics used against uh uh, voters to suppress their vote and um, one, another thing that I wanted to talk about and this is a, a slight pivot but one of the things that um, has been in the air uh, a lot because of the protests and so forth um, is this call to defund the police obviously there's the Black Lives Matter the Black Trans Lives Matter there's even other people that say all lives matter there's a lot of active elements in this country right now um but with respect to defund the police uh for those who uh, first if you if you've never heard this um idea before the idea in short is to it's not purge mm-hmm. uh, i spoke with zara um from black lives matter she explained that she hears that a lot it's not mm-hmm. purge the idea is um that we as a society are asking police to do more than they are capable of doing um and we need other systems in place mm-hmm. to affect crime rates to um prevent certain mm-hmm. crimes from happening altogether to, to lessen the likelihood of them happening or to have an, a different approach to different types of mm-hmm. 911 calls right um and so this call to defund the police which admittedly on its face sounds very sounds alarming mm-hmm. Um, is really just a call to redistribute the, the, the fiscal resources of the police department 
in a manner that is consistent with actually mm-hmm. preventing crimes and actually uh, creating the the sort of changes that we'd like to see. You know, not everything requires a person to show up with a gun. Mm-hmm. You know, because then there, the potential Precisely. to escalate the situation exists. Um, for those people who feel like, well, first off, what are your thoughts on that? Um, now that it's explained. Well, I do believe that we need the police department. I mean, we grew up thinking, remember, Mister Friendly, the public. You call the police and you think someone is coming to help you. I mean, right now, if we had difficulty, we, we would call the police. I would not. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm black and young. No, you and male. You wouldn't. <laughs> no. uh, well, I, I think there are certain situations where sure, you might. Sure, I, I know what you, you mean. Might I know what, I'm being funny. But I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. But I do think that the police system is a brotherhood, and it is a brotherhood that's infiltrated with some individuals that are a racist and some philosophies and some ideas there is no getting around it they are there uh now the recruitment and the training and how do you bring them in to determine what their predisposition is is something that really needs to be looked at but the police department has a, a major major problem uh not all policemen are bad but Many of them are. And I do think that when those 911 calls come in, uh, that it needs to be determined what type of service is needed. For example, the brother that was taken down on the street, his brother called in because he was having difficulty. And uh, they took him down, put a spit mask over him, and he died. Yeah. That wasn't necessary. The concept of de-escalation is something that really needs to be a major, major part of the training. And it may be that with the police, police department, they need to have a partner that is there on certain calls. That when they go out, you don't have just these individuals with gun and mace and tear gas or whatever but there is someone else who is skilled in psychology or sociology that can look at it and say wait a minute this is what needs to to happen here what needs to occur um so i i I do think that that whole system needs to be revamped because um you have a sizable number of people in the police department in my, I'll just call it out, a racist. They are racist. And and they are there uh, to get their mark. <laughs> and they go back and say, I took them down. Mm. I took them down. And so um, I think the, the resources, the deep funding that it needs to be redistributed and it need to be, needs to be redistributed with another segment of the police department that can deal with issues that are in there. And there can be buzzwords that uh, will trigger them that, okay, we need a rider with us on this particular run because we don't need to go at it the way we're going at it. We have a, we have a first 
a, a real first responder. You, exactly. you go in and you f- assess the situation and find out what it needs. Precisely. You know, and we'll be there to support you. Because, because there is a pandemic. We have a pandemic with African-Americans. We really do in the police department. And it has been going on forever and a day. When they talk about mothers talking to their sons before they go out, yes, it's true. It's true. It oh, has I been know. a pandemic. And the world has not known about it. Just recently have they been able to see it. So rightfully so, people are angry. It reaches a point where enough is enough. And that's where you are. And and we, we're at that point. You came through slavery where you had protest and, and, and you fought back and you moved ahead, and then you moved to the civil rights movement where you have uh, civil rights, but then you have the Panthers and the Black Power movement, and you move ahead, and then we move further along. But what has happened now is that we are going back, and we are going with, with who we have as the president now. I guess I'm lobbying right now needs to come out. He's arrogant. He's rude. Um, as a matter of fact, if you listen to the way that he talks when he's standing at the podium, you want to talk gangster? <laughs> I can see that. If you want to talk gangster, he's it. Yeah. And he's entertaining. And he's joking. And he says rude things about people unnecessarily so i sit and i look at the people who are cheering and i think is this what you want for your children is this what you really want um and i have begun to even wonder about the base and i won't say this is a harsh thing to say I think there is an insecurity. I think there's an insecurity there. Okay. Uh, and a lack of knowledge. Absolutely. And that is why they can be taken so easily. Why they can say, I'm not going to wear a mask. If I die, I die. Uh, to succumb. Uh, I do see it as a cult. And um, we have it in our hands. The masses, we know. We know. I, I don't think that if, um, if he loses, that the transition is going to be a smooth one. Yeah, that's another one. He has not had adhered to the Constitution. And I don't think he will here. He does not have that type of grace. He does not have that type of sophistication. He does not believe in the Constitution. He believes in himself. And um, money. And money, okay. Well, that, that, you ain't lied about that. Um, okay, so uh, we have a few minutes left. Um, what is it that you want, Dr. Westenberg, for the people listening to this show? to take away from this conversation? I want them to know that they are powerful. They are very, very powerful. And that 
their power really is held in the ballot. In the ballot. It is in the ballot. Uh, Dr. King said there is an urgency in now. <laughs> Absolutely. And they understand the urgency and people are acting on it. But you're going to have to get in the mix. The, the fact is, I was thinking yesterday, you say you don't believe in the system, but the fact is we're living in the system. No matter what. No matter what. That's what it is. Play That's what it is. <laughs> the game we're playing. It's right. <laughs> you live in the system. And so what you need to do is get into the system and work it. And you can work and you can work it powerfully. Powerfully. Learn the rules and you play the game. You gotta play the game. Absolutely. So um I I just want to ask and you know obviously this is a you know something you don't have to share but um i happen to know that uh harris is one of your sorority sisters she is. and i've heard your thoughts on donald trump and because it's a two-party system here i'm left to assume that you might like his opponent more than him and so um i want to ask who will you be voting for I will be voting for Joe Biden All right. and Kamala Harris. Very good. Okay. Yes. Okay. They are uh, grounded. At least. And <laughs> they are grounded eloquently in the system of the United States. They are grounded in democracy. Very good. Well, um, I appreciate you stopping by. Dr. Well, Camilla you. Westenberg. Thank you for giving um, me the chance to just you know, share I, my thoughts because I, I can't get out there on the streets. We've known right each now. other for 20 years. Uh, 15 of those I've been on the radio, and mm-hmm. this is the first time I've been able to have a conversation with you like this on the radio. So thank you for sticking with me. Oh, Finally got a place thank for you, you for to come. Being you. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, and thank you for listening to another uh, episode of Civic Cipher. Um, don't forget to check out civiccipher.com. You can submit questions for. Um, the show, show topics. Uh, of course, you can uh, follow all of our our social media at Civic Cipher. Um, and don't forget, the show is supported by listeners, by viewers. Um, and of course, there's a way to support the show on the website. Again, that's civiccipher.com. Uh, and before you go, how can uh, people stay in touch with you on social media or otherwise? No, don't do the social media thing, but they can email me. Sure. Okay. Just leave them with an email. And that is C... A H W E S T E N B as in boy at AOL.com. Very good. And thank you again for coming out. And thank you for listening to another episode of Civic Cipher. <laughs>